0: This is the Cato Daily Podcast for Friday, May 24th, 2013. I'm Caleb Brown. A new report from the Organization of American States makes clear that the United States, the biggest customer for illicit drugs, is also the biggest supporter of prohibition. As for the rest of the Americas, the realization that the drug war isn't working is becoming increasingly clear. Juan Carlos Hidalgo, the Project Coordinator for Latin America at the Cato Institute, comments.
1: Last year, the Organization of American States uh, received a mandate from the 34 heads of state and government of the Western Hemisphere to produce a report on the future of uh, drug policy in in, in the Americas. Prior to the summit, let's remember that uh, some presidents, such as Guatemala's Otto Perez Molina and Colombia's Juan Manuel Santos, had expressed their frustration with the current uh, approach to drug policy, And even the president of Guatemala said that legalization was uh, the most viable option to defeat uh, narco-trafficking in the region. So this report was prepared and was published uh, last week. And I think it's a very important uh, document because it it lays out four different scenarios for the future of drug policy in the Americas.
0: Now, uh, it doesn't make any recommendations, though. It lays out four scenarios uh, under which drug policy might be changed or stay the same, but it doesn't offer recommendations.
1: Indeed, we have to, we have to uh, know, and we have to be aware that there is no consensus on where uh, drug policy should be headed in the future. At least in the Americas, you have countries that definitely are committed to prohibition, some other countries that are more skeptical of the current approach, and some other countries that are, act- are actually in- even experimented already with with legalization of certain drugs. So this document uh, doesn't try to to provide answers or to provide recommendations on where drug policy should be headed. It just lays out four different scenarios uh, that what what might happen from here to 2025. But I think it's it's based on a very realistic premise, uh, very realistic premises, actually. One of them is that the drug problem, the war on drugs, drug violence is the most challenging issue facing the Western Hemisphere uh, right now. Second of all, that the current approach is not working. It doesn't use the the failure, the F word, uh, but actually uh, it's, very, uh, it's all over the document where the acknowledgement that the current approach is, is not working. And the third, uh, the third premise is that something has to be changed. New policies need to be implemented.
0: Is the United States the most committed to the current policy of prohibition?
1: Indeed, you can see throughout the different scenarios that... Uh, the United States is portrayed as the last bastion of prohibition in the Americas. Um, Even though within the United States, you have the most far reaching experiments with legalization. You have uh, legalization of medical marijuana and even legalization of marijuana for recreational uses in Washington State and and Colorado. So that also comes into play as for where the, the movement towards legalization in the hemisphere is is going to.
0: Now, you said that the, the document overall is is very honest, very fair in its assessment. What are uh, some of the downsides that it portrays with respect to legalization?
1: Well, the four different scenarios, let's talk about the four different scenarios. One of them is, uh, is called together, which means that uh, – countries need to spend more resources on their institutions, on their security and judiciary apparatuses. They need more, greater cooperation among the nations to fight organized crime. Uh, the second scenario is called Pathway, which is the one that envisions uh, the legalization of cannabis and possibly in the future, other drugs. The third scenario is resilience, which is more like a chimeric approach, I think, where they see drugs as a social problem that need to be dealt with at the community level. So then we need to spend more on health uh, healthcare, and, and education and, and job creation at the community level to fight the plight of drugs. And the fourth one is the ru- disruption, which is, I think, that is a very realistic scenario, especially in the near term, which is when a country or a group of countries simply fed up with the war on drugs, they're f- they fed up with the, the, the violence that, that narco-trafficking brings and they decide to adopt a non-interventionist approach to, to drug policy, not to interfere with drug trafficking and let drugs pass through their countries and, and focus more on violent crimes. It is speculated that that might be the approach that the current government of Mexico might be implemented. So, those four scenarios, I think, uh, have something to each of them. The one on, on on legalization is, of course, my favorite. I think it's the one that tackles the problem at its roots. Uh, I agree, though, and, and the report is honest about it, that there will be tensions between governments. Some governments will move faster towards that direction than others, and that's going to create a, a problem within the Americas of having some countries more enthusiastic about legalization while others will stick to prohibition.
0: It, you know, and we've discussed this many times that, even if Mexico or some other uh, Central or South American country that has a lot of drug trafficking going on, even if they were to adopt this sort of non-interventionist approach, that doesn't change a lot of the violence because you still have different groups competing to serve the American market.
1: Indeed. Indeed. And that's one of the points that is made in the report. You know, maybe the non-interventionist approach uh, could work back in the 1980s when cartels, at least in Mexico, were more of a, of a familiar uh, industry. Now th- these are criminal professional organizations with lots of money and extremely violent. It's very difficult to reach some sort of a pact with them in, in order to just allow them to do their trafficking and, and not get involved in, in, in crime, especially because they are competing among themselves. That's the, In the, the 1980s, uh, let's remember, uh cartels in Mexico were under a, one single umbrella of a, of a single guy who will run the business and he will control the different markets and the different routes. Now is we have like at least six different cartels fighting each other and that creates a very chaotic scenario.
0: Does the report indicate that the real problem here is just that the United States is – the most committed to prohibition and the biggest market for these drugs?
1: It doesn't say it so, but indeed, you can you can infer that from, from reading uh, from the report. And I think that it has a very important point. And it says that under all the four different scenarios, by 2025, drug use is going to remain significant, which is different from other reports that you read. For example, the recently published National Drug Control Strategy from the White House, that all of them... All these reports envision that for somehow, miraculously, uh, drug use is going to decline significantly in the future. No, this report from the OAS is very realistic in that drug uh, use is going to remain significant and that we have to deal with this scenario somehow, either, on, either under the strengthening of institutions, legalization, the disruption, or the resilience scenario of, of focusing on communities.
0: Juan Carlos Hidalgo is the project coordinator for Latin America at the Cato Institute. You can read more of his work at cato.org.